I'm Michael Lewis. Welcome to the Against the Rules shortcast, where I'll revisit some of my stories about authority in American life, how it's changing, and what that change is doing to our ideas of fairness. So I know not everyone has heard of the inner game of tennis, but it's playing in our heads constantly, every day. It's that voice saying, don't do it that way, do it this way, or you're screwing up. Performance anxiety is another name for it. It's not that tennis players are more prone to it than anyone else, but it was a bored tennis pro who came up with the idea of how to master this inner game. The voice in your head can seem like a menace, but it can also be an advantage, at least according to the mind coaches and consultants I spoke with, and even, as you'll hear, recorded in action. Tim Galway is the name of the bored tennis pro in this story. He's in his 80s now, but was in his 30s when the story begins. On the afternoon in question, Tim was teaching a guy with a slice backhand who wanted to learn how to hit topspin. The guy was taking his racket back too high. Ordinarily, Tim Galway would just have told the man, hey, don't take the racket back too high. But he'd lost interest in the sound of his own voice and pretty much everything else. So he just kept quietly tossing balls at the guy's backhand. Within... Three or four minutes, a strange thing happened. He was hitting topspin backhands. I had said nothing. That was the moment that Tim Galway had an idea. I just said, okay, I'm going to see how much improvement I can see in front of me with how little teaching. Reversing your usual approach. Absolutely. How little can you tell them rather than how much can you tell them? Exactly. How long do you do that before you start to think, I'm on to something? My next lesson. His next lesson is with a complete beginner. She doesn't even know how to hold a tennis racket. How can I start a beginner without telling the fundamentals? And so I said, well, I'll just drop a few and hit them. So they'll see me. They'll see me. And she said, I noticed the first thing you did was turned your right foot sideways. He said, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. And just take these balls, uh, shut your eyes, and see yourself hitting the ball. I didn't say like I did. And this is the absolute truth. She hit like this, like this. I mean, everything I would have told her. She didn't know any different. Her foot didn't move. I said, (laughs) oh, my God. Not only did she do everything without instruction, but she didn't do the one thing she decided herself she should do. In the history of coaching, this is a revolutionary moment. Galway discovers that performance is all about focus. Focus on the wrong thing, and you'll do the wrong thing. What shocked me and what thrilled me was to see tennis improving without the student trying to improve. All I would do is ask them awareness questions or give them awareness instructions. Awareness instructions, meaning saying stuff that caused them to focus on what was useful, like where the ball was when it hit the racket. People love Galway's weird tennis lessons. He offered no criticism, no praise, hardly any talk at all. 
just a nudge here and there to silence the voices inside their heads, the voices that caused them to tense up. One day, one of the country club students blurted out, you should write a book. Tim Galway had zero literary ambition, but he did it. He wrote a book about how to coach tennis. His text was one part Eastern mysticism and one part practical advice on how to crush your opponent on a tennis court. He wound up calling it The Inner Game of Tennis. The Inner Game of Tennis is not a tennis book. It's something else. Because inner voices torture all of us, not just country club tennis players. I get asked to give a lecture about the inner game to the Houston Philharmonic. I play no classical instruments. At the end, they applaud politely, except for the conductor who comes up and says, I'm not going to believe this till I see it. And next thing he says is, who's going to volunteer for some coaching from Tim? As fate would have it, one tuba player volunteered. Galway did the same thing with the tuba player that he did on the tennis court. Sir, what do you find most difficult in performing at your level with the tuba? And so he says, articulation in the upper range. Never heard the phrase. And I say, what's so hard about that? Galway has not the first clue about playing a brass instrument. He doesn't even know the words you need to talk tuba. It's all he can do to listen. So he goes, boom, 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 And uh, it sounded good to me. I said, so how was that in terms of clean articulation? He says, ah, not so good. How did you know? That's my ass. Well, I can't hear it because bell of the tube is too far. But I can feel it in my tongue. My tongue gets dry, and it starts feeling thick. Galway tells the tuba player to stop trying to hear his own sounds and to focus on his tongue. So I said, don't try to keep it clean. Just notice the changes in moisture. It's only a few measures. Sounds about the same to me. The whole orchestra gets up on their feet and gives a standing ovation. And you couldn't tell the difference. No! (laughs) What do I know? (laughs) So I said, oh, my God, this is easy. I know nothing about tubas, nothing about classical music, and I got everything from him that I needed, and it seemed like magic. Now this is new. The coach doesn't need to know the first thing about what's being coached. All the coach needs is a gift for playing around with people's minds. Two things follow from this. Anyone can coach anything. And anyone doing anything now needs a coach. The inner game has become an industry. There are roughly a quarter million of these coaches worldwide helping business people to deal with the voices in their heads that make them worse at their jobs. So you feel like you've put a ton of time into the physical side, but the mental side 
you haven't had that much direction in training. Ben Oliva, trainer of pro baseball players and Wall Street traders and New York City firefighters, he spends a shocking amount of his time coaching young people, teenagers, who've somehow become swept up in our general performance anxiety. And so you're interested in figuring out what you can do to get better from that. The girl is a 17-year-old high school softball player. She's hoping to be recruited to play at elite colleges. She thinks her father can't help her, but that's not new. Teenagers have always found their parents to be mostly useless. What's new is their urgent need to optimize their performance. I'm really hard on myself. For some reason, like on that team with the coaches that I had, like it's almost like I had like so much respect for them that I didn't want to let them down because like- Your teammates. That and my coaches. These sessions are usually confidential, but he's made an exception here because the girl is my daughter, Dixie. Another thing I do definitely when I'm nervous is my eyes almost like freeze. And it's really stressful because I have like naturally really good hand-eye coordination. And so I'll still hit the ball, but I know if my eyes were on it, I would have hit it a lot better. Right, so think about that. That means your attention is somewhere in the future on what if this happens, what if that happens, rather than on the present moment, actually on trying to pick that ball up right out of her hand. The point is that Dixie can learn to pay attention to the things that are useful to pay attention to. Her breath, for example, or the ball as it leaves the pitcher's hand. Dixie needs to find the thing that helps to focus on. I don't know what the right focus cues are. This is personal. It's individualized. There's not... There's not focus cues that are best for everybody. But you just told me you hit your best when you're aggressive and loose. That sounds like a killer focus cue. Ben and Dixie spoke over Skype every week for months. Just the two of them. But one day, when I was driving her home after softball practice, I asked her how it was going. And she told me that when she stepped into the batter's box, she now had a phrase in her head. Loose and aggressive. Say it the way you would say it to yourself, like you hear it in your head. Loose and aggressive, loose and aggressive, loose and aggressive. What would have been in your head before you did those drills with him? Don't swing and miss. You have to move the runner. Um, don't fuck up. Don't look at your coach. Typically, things that started with don't. Get rid of the don't. That's what Ben had been teaching her. The new strategy gets his trial run in a tournament being inspected by roughly 50 college softball coaches. The opposing team's pitcher is already signed with the University of Texas. Dixie's teammates all have trouble dealing with it. Everyone's striking out or swinging late. Everything feels like it's happening too fast. Dixie now comes to the plate. Here we go, Dixie, get on time! The first pitch is a fastball, high and inside just extremely hard to react to quickly enough to hit hard. A month earlier, she'd have been frozen by it. That's the sound of a hit. It's a rocket down the left field line. She didn't just not freeze, she was ahead of it. She'd never reacted so quickly to a pitch in her entire life. After the game, I didn't say anything about it. I'd read the inner game of tennis, and the last thing my daughter needed was another voice in her head. She'd been coached to stop thinking and trust her reactions. 
which can be hard for a smart person to do. But eventually I debriefed her, asked her what she thought had happened. I developed a routine that acted kind of like a safety net for me, like knowing that I had a plan made me know if I executed it or not. And so having that as my goal, instead of focusing on the outcome, it made it a lot easier to not be hard on myself because I was like, well, I executed my plan, I did everything I was supposed to do, and it just didn't work out. Right. You know, like, because it, it made me realize that I cannot control everything. Right. So here's my takeaway from all this. If you're looking for better outcomes, start by forgetting the outcomes. Focus instead on what creates the outcomes. Find focus cues that work for you, for whatever it is you're struggling with, and you'll become a pro at the inner game too. Want to hear more against the rules? Well, you can now use the follow feature to be notified as soon as new episodes become available. Just head on over to the main page of the Against the Rules shortcast and tap on the follow button. Until next time, thanks for listening.